Welcome to the What is Happening in Salt Lake podcast series, brought to you by SLC.gov and the Salt Lake Small Business Development Center. The purpose of the podcast series is to review topics relevant to Salt Lake-based business owners and startups, as well as to highlight success stories from other entrepreneurs. Welcome everyone to Startup SLC, second edition. Today we're here with a great group of people to talk about a special holiday coming up. Um, we'll start with introductions. My name is Roberta Reichelt with Salt Lake City Economic Development Department. My name is Peter Collister and I'm an advisor with the Salt Lake Small Business Development Center. Will Wright with Salt Lake City Economic Development. I'm Kristen Lavalette with Local First Utah. And Edward Bennett with the Snow Business Center. Great. So I'll kick it off. Kristen, thanks for joining yeah, thank us. thank you for having me. Super excited to talk about a big holiday coming up to kick it off. Why don't you just give us a little overview about Local First, um, what your organization does and its mission? Yeah. So Local First Utah, we are a nonprofit organization, and we work on a statewide level really to encourage people to buy from locally owned businesses. Uh, But in that process, a lot of our work is about educating people about the benefits of buying from locally owned businesses. So we have sort of a three-pronged approach to our work where we work directly with businesses themselves. When businesses join Local First Utah as official members, uh, we provide them with a wide array of marketing materials, classes, resource tools, and as much connectivity as we can provide with other locally owned independent business owners. We really believe in that peer-to-peer relationship that uh, that supports those business owners. As well, we work on a public education front. And as far as our public education, I liken it to a click it or ticket or a do not litter campaign where we are working over the course of time to change public behavior and shift consumer behavior so that they're spending more money with the locally owned businesses in their communities. And then we also work closely with lots of government officials and other uh, business resource centers like who's on the call here because we believe that an integrated community supporting independent businesses is really valuable. Kristen, can you tell us a little bit about why it's important to buy local? Let everybody know what those benefits are. Absolutely. There's, I kind of phrase Break it down into your economic reasons for buying locally and then the social and cultural reasons for buying locally. So first and foremost, when you buy from a locally owned independent business, more money stays in Utah's economy. And Local First Utah conducted what we call our Utah study series in which we studied businesses in Salt Lake City, in Ogden, and in Wayne County. So we got a really good picture of our capital city, a mid-sized city in our rural economy in the state of Utah. And what we found was that locally owned businesses contribute about four times the rate of money to our economy as non-locals. And really the essential piece there is that the independent, the locally owned aspect, these are businesses that people are rooted in their economy. They're doing business with other locals. That's how we keep that money recirculating through the economy and what we call our multiplier effect. When it comes to our social and cultural reasons from for buying from locally owned businesses, it's really about the relationships that you have with the people who you are buying from, is that these are friends and neighbors, people who are rooted in your local community. A lot of times, independent business owners, they have to spend a great deal of time really becoming experts in their field. So you'll have a different sort of customer service experience than you will with somebody who is just kind of hired at a big box store. Those are really kind of my top reasons. And also, you know, locally owned businesses, they really define the nature of our communities. They define the essence of the places where we live. And so when we support those locally owned businesses, we're also enhancing our own quality of life. If you would like to expand on that third point, because I think that's underappreciated and undervalued. You know, it's so nice to know that you're in Salt Lake City as opposed to another, you know, just anywhere, like any suburb or something, you know what I mean? 
I liken it to the concept of terroir in the wine world, which is that, you know, a wine tastes like the place that it's grown, uh, that the soil that it's grown in influences uh, how those grapes taste and what ultimately comes out of that bottle. And small businesses are like that in our local economy is that, you know, in Salt Lake City, we have this really unique culture. Sometimes people make fun of it, but I think that it is an acquired taste of, of uh, you know, this independent pioneering spirit people who are dedicating to supporting one another, people who really genuinely do want to love their neighbors, uh, people who are committed to loving the outdoors, all these different aspects of life in Salt Lake City and in Utah as a whole, these are reflected in our small business communities. And so when you have a neighborhood where you have this sort of great infrastructure of locally owned businesses, what you have there is that third place that people can experience outside of their homes, um, outside of their jobs, their offices, where they work. And it gives them an opportunity to build relationships within their community. And I think one thing that we are dealing with in terms of COVID right now is how it feels to sort of lose that third place that that for for right now, some some people are still really committed to the quarantining process. And so they're not quite sure if it's okay to go out and shop on a regular basis. Um, you know, small businesses are feeling that hurt. But also we have the possibility of losing some of those businesses as, as time goes on as we deal with the economic consequences of COVID. And so our goals, particularly uh, during this holiday shopping season, are to help reinforce those small businesses to get them through this fourth quarter into the next year so that those places that we really value that define the essence of our neighborhoods that give so much character to the places that we call home that they stick around for us. What businesses are you seeing that are more susceptible to failure during COVID? Certainly restaurants. You know, it's a pretty well-known story at this point in time. You know, restaurants have really narrow margins to begin with. In the best of times, it's hard uh, to run a restaurant. But in a season like COVID where Again, people are somewhat reticent to be out and about in the public sphere, as well as the staffing behind restaurants. These are folks who, uh, you know, often, you know, may need to work multiple jobs in order to make ends meet and different sorts of hours, different kinds of swing shifts. So all of that is really susceptible to, how do I want to put it, the the way our lives are changing as far as COVID. That doesn't mean that, you know, all restaurants are failing. We're seeing some really interesting innovation coming out of our, you know, small business community, our restaurant community. Of course, we know about the idea of doing takeout and helping people in that way. Uh, restaurants are working really hard to maintain just the highest, highest levels of sanity and, you know, personal safety for their staff and for their customers. So in some ways, it's it's kind of a waiting game to see how things will come in the future. Kristen, how has your work changed to account for the needs of businesses during the COVID pandemic? It's been kind of a wild ride for us. But like all of our small businesses, we're doing our best to adapt and we're trying to figure out how to serve businesses as much as possible. You know, I think in March when the rubber really hit the road and a lot of businesses had to shut down, we had to change a lot of our messaging as well, because for us, most of our messaging really does deal with as customers to go and physically be in these places that you're buying from. So to go to the store and try on the shoes in the store, to go to the restaurant, to even for, you know, our more service-based businesses, web designers, insurance agents, all of that, to have that really personal connected business experience with them. So we had to transition a lot of our messaging towards here are ways that you can buy online. Here are ways that you can support 
you know, independent businesses through social media. Here are ways that, you know, through takeout, through curbside pickup, just sort of on a customer basis, sort of recalibrating your expectations for what that what that interaction with that business is going to look like. We had to change a lot of that messaging. You know, we also, as a lot of other business resource groups have done, we worked really closely with our members to help them get loans and PPP funding and just sort of navigate all of that first initial onslaught of resources. And now as we are in sort of the second phase of COVID, we're just continuing to work with our members and other businesses just to help them to continue to adapt and figure out what works for them, make sure that they have plans in place for the future. There's no crystal ball available. We can't we can't see what's ahead of us, but to at least be able to help our businesses get on as firm foundation as they can uh, for the time being right now. Chris, I'm curious, just on that note, we've had conversations about, you know, sort of a similar, but not similar, there's nothing similar to this, but the last sort of big crisis was, you know, our economic crisis in 2008. And you were telling me how actually you got a lot of new membership out of that because in challenging times to be a member of an organization like Local First for a Small, like they sort of flock to that. And as far as, you know, coming together to exchange ideas, talk about what other people are doing. And, you know, there's big movements behind supporting local. Do you see that happening or has that happened as we're going through COVID? Are you getting, are you experiencing that and talk about how your member numbers have changed and how, you know, that's going to inform how you guys act as an organization moving forward? So a lot to unpack there. I think organizationally speaking, first and foremost for Local First Utah, one of the major decisions that we made in March, April of this year was that we issued kind of a moratorium on renewing memberships. So if we gave about a six month window of time from March through, I guess, September for businesses who, if they could not renew their membership during that period of time, that we were just going to let them continue to receive the benefits of Local First Utah. We didn't want to cut anybody off. And we also saw our membership grow. We changed some of our membership models and created a a monthly membership dues to make that more accessible to businesses as well. We hosted a lot of different sort of roundtables and resource groups all via Zoom just to help businesses connect with one another and other business groups as well. I think, Roberta, one thing that you and I have chatted about is that we've definitely seen the benefit for small businesses to be part of an industry group. So, you know, Local First Utah, we work with all locally owned businesses, but it's great for restaurants to be part of an independent restaurant association. It's great for, I'm trying to think of a couple of other, you know, industry groups out there. We that saw exist. that, we saw what was lacking. For the, the right. professional services, right. um, is namely, you know, when the hair, hairdressers and stylists and barbershops had to, they, they were all one of the first businesses to reopen and they didn't feel like they really had, their voices were heard in sort of the regulations that were being made. And, and you know, they felt that sort of an uh, independent organized group would, would have really like help, helped in this right. situation. So. Right. And that is something, you know, Local First, we're not an advocacy organization. That's one thing that sets us apart. We really do focus on that public education. But because of our relationships with businesses, we we usually have a pretty good idea of what's going on out there and what people are feeling and what needs to be met in the community. I've also seen just on a national level, a lot of organizations like Local First do talk, connect with each other more firmly and uh, kind of reinforce those relationships too, because although... Every community is dealing with COVID in a unique fashion. You know, each state kind of has handled it, handled it in a different way. You know, obviously, this, there are reoccurring themes of what's going on in the, in the public sphere. So, 
Is Local First a member of a bigger, like, is it a chapter of a bigger organization? We are not a chapter. We are an independent organization, but we are a member of what is called the American Independent Business Alliance. And so they are kind of our own uh, networking group, industry group of uh, what we call independent business alliances. So Amoeba is headquartered in... Cincinnati, Ohio, and they've been around for about 25 years. Local First Utah itself has been around since 2006. So I think that's 14 years, 15 years, give or take. And we work with them pretty closely. I'm on their board of directors as well. And it's just a really excellent peer group for me to hear from folks in Madison, Wisconsin, and Louisville, Kentucky, and Austin, Texas, and Portland, Maine, and all of these other communities that have similar programs like Local First Utah, just to you know figure out what we're all experiencing and what we're all dealing with. So then that feeds a lot of what we are able to provide for our members as well, is to say this isn't just us in Utah kind of imagining these resources for you. These are based off of best practices in communities across the country as well. So it's a really unique balance between we're rooted here in Utah, we're founded in Utah, we're we're completely independent, but we have that great resource of expertise and wisdom from across the country to support our local businesses. I think that's maybe the silver lining when it comes to COVID is breaking down geographic barriers and being able to reach more people without having to fly or, right. or call. Two last questions on local first, and we really want to visit on Small Business Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but one, what what are the benefits that your your members receive from being a, a member of local first? And then two, more of an open-ended question, but what are the things that we haven't asked that we should know about Local First? Oh, that's a great question. So as far as our benefits, we have several different options for businesses to join. And the one that I usually encourage people to join at is our business booster level. That's our our standard level. It's $8 a month, $100 a year. And those businesses are listed in our online directory and they get extra marketing tools for us, you know, kind of our classic Local First Utah window cling. They are included in our annual Shift Your Spending Holiday Guide, which we'll talk about along with Small Business Saturday. That's our big holiday campaign. They get discounts to our Indie Business Academy, which is our monthly classes where we work on some of those training and resources for small businesses. Advertising discounts through KRCL, through Slug Magazine, Salt Lake Magazine, KUTV. And then they can be included in, we also do kind of seasonal, what we call targeted shopping guides. So for Valentine's Day or Mother's Day, we do uh, really focused campaigns. Our Valentine's campaign is called Love Your Locals. Our Mother's Day campaign is called She Loved You First. We do a Father's Day campaign as well. And each of those are just kind of focused on, these are times that we know people are going to be buying extra gifts, they're going to be shopping a little more than what's in their normal budget. And so we work on getting our members into those guides and then amplifying those guides through you know, our different media partnerships. So I guess if I were to distill that down into, into something you know really tangible, is that in a lot of ways, as we are working to educate the public about the benefits of buying from locally owned businesses, we're also working to point those members of the public to our business members and say, now that you know the value of buying locally, here's these businesses that you can buy from. So it's a really interesting form of marketing. And again, we base it on that idea of of a real shift in behavior for people. A few of our other kind of uh, higher level membership also include, you know, we'll do a blog about a business that'll go out on our social media through our newsletter, our website. We can provide discounted tickets to hopefully in 2021, celebrate the bounty, our annual fundraiser and some of our in-person events. And again, also just really being part of a movement and identifying your business as part of a movement of locally owned independent businesses. And then I guess you asked if there's anything we haven't talked about Local First Utah yet. 
So I would say as a whole, you know, really what sets Local First Utah apart from a chamber of commerce or um, kind of other business resource centers is that connectivity between the businesses and the citizens. So we also have a program called I Am a Localist, and that allows just individual citizens to sign up and support Local First Utah. And we, they receive a, a wide variety of perks and benefits there as well. And so we really focus on that connectivity between consumer, between business owner, and to help both understand that we both have to be committed to one another in order to see the other thrive. So let's jump into the big holiday coming up. I will say one of my favorites, and no, we're not talking about Thanksgiving. A few days after that, um, we've been working on this together for a few years now, Kristen, and we've sort of, you know, this has been based on a few areas of neighborhoods of the city that we have a really strong local presence that we like to promote. Um, This is a huge holiday for small business huge, you know, year after year, having to compete with Amazon and the big box stores. And now more than ever, this is a big holiday, obviously, because of COVID. So let's talk about what you guys are planning for Mm -hmm. Small Business Saturday. Right, right. So Small Business Saturday is November 28th. It's always the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So just ditch Black Friday in your mind, use, you know, stay at home Black Friday, digest all that turkey and go shop on Small Business Saturday or shop online on Small Business Saturday. So we host what we call the Shop Small Crawl, and it's a passport style event. We're working on some digital aspects this year as well so that we can maintain as many sort of, you know, COVID health protocols, which is at the request of some of our businesses to to try to keep things digital. And so the Shop Small Crawl focuses on several different neighborhoods in Salt Lake City. We have businesses in the 9th and 9th neighborhood, 1100 East in Sugar House, Also, Harvey Milk Boulevard, Central 9th, the Granary District, downtown Salt Lake City, Marmalade, that area kind of on north, third west, if that makes sense, kind of by the capital. And we are also expanding, I'm excited this year, into downtown Ogden and downtown Logan. So we'll have events there as well. Uh, But we usually kick that off on Saturday morning around 10 a.m. Shoppers can pick up a passport either at one of the participating businesses or they can download one from our website. And what we do is just as folks shop throughout the day, they can get that passport stamped either physically or digitally. We're working on those aspects. And at the end of the day, they can submit their passport to Local First Utah. And all of the businesses that are part of the Shop Small Crawl in those neighborhoods, they also donate gift cards. So for every passport you submit, you have a chance to draw a gift card prize. So, and it's not like one large prize. It's not like you get all of the gift cards. It's, you know, pretty much everybody who, who submits a passport gets a, a gift card from one of our participating businesses. So it's just a great way to support folks on that long holiday weekend on Small Business Saturday, and then to continue to support them through the holiday shopping season. We also have what we call Shift Your Spending Month, which this year we've expanded and started in November. It's called Shift Your Spending Season uh, this year. And that kind of brings us back to another one of those economic points from our Utah study series, which is that if every household in Utah shifted just 10% of their annual spending towards locally owned businesses, $1.3 billion would stay in the state's economy. So during the holiday shopping season, when we know people are spending even you know more than normal, I think on average, Utahns spend about an extra $700 in the month of December, now that we have, now that we've expanded it to November, I'll have to check those November numbers too. So we're just asking folks to say, hey, we know you're spending a little more this year. You've already figured this out in your budget that you're going to be buying gifts. You're going to be buying those great foods for your holiday dinners. You're going to be spending time with your family. How can you shift what you're already planning to spend towards locally owned businesses? 
And that's a really important piece as well as uh, for what Local First Utah prescribes for folks is we're not asking you to spend more money than you would. We're not asking you to overspend. We're just saying, look at your budget, look at what you plan to spend and reallocate a portion of that towards locally owned businesses. And that will have a really tremendous impact on our economy and our, on our community. Kristen, how can all local companies get involved with the Small Business Saturday program and these other programs you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, visit us at localfirst.org. That's all spelled out, one word, L-O-C-A-L-F-I-R-S-T dot O-R-G. Small Business Saturday is free for any independent business in Utah can can sign up and and work with us. You don't have to be in one of those neighborhoods that I mentioned. Uh, That's something that we're really hoping to grow this year. If you are a business owner and you have, and you're in a neighborhood with, uh, at least for the Shop Small Crawl premise, if you have about 10 other locally owned independent businesses within about a mile of you, kind of a walking distance sort of thing, uh, we can work with you to create a a crawl event in your neighborhood. If uh, you are not in that situation, if you don't have a neighborhood with you, we'll still connect you with the different Small Business Saturday resources sources to really help celebrate the Shop Small campaign. The shift you're spending that particular campaign is for Local First Utah members only. So what we like to try to encourage people to do is join us for Small Business Saturday, see if you like how we can promote your business, and then become a member in order to be involved in the Shift Your Spending Holiday Guide and all of our work there. Great. Thank you. That's kind of a random question. Is Small Business Saturday associated at all with the American Express? That's a great question. That's a great question. So kind of the history of Small Business Saturday is that, yes, it was originally started by American Express, I think, in 2010, I believe. And the very first Small Business Saturday event campaign concept, it was exclusively for American Express cardholders, that if they shopped with a business that had signed up for Small Business Saturday, they would get a reimbursement on their American Express card, like a $25. There's a, I'm sorry, I'm totally spacing on what that is called. There's a very specific word for that, but totally spacing on it. Anyway, so it was a, a primarily to benefit American Express cardholders. As it grew in popularity, they changed it to then, you know, to make it a really much more, like Roberta mentioned, part of the holiday season. And part of the way that we sell, we, we celebrate the holiday season was to include Small Business Saturday. And so you will still see American Express branding on quite a bit of Shop Small materials, but it is also sort of its own separate entity now. So businesses do not have to accept American Express to be part of Small Business Saturday. Shoppers don't have to use an American Express card to be part of Small Business Saturday. It really is all about just getting people into those small businesses, whether in person or online. I just want to mention too why it's important to get awareness of this uh, holiday coming up because you know when COVID first hit maybe in March, mid-March, there was this huge movement of support our businesses. They really need help right now. They had to shut down. They're starting to reopen. How can we come, how can we keep them alive? And that hasn't gone away. Everyone has to recognize this. So Already small businesses relied on this holiday to help them, you know, boost, give them a boost over the holidays. But now more than ever, we, you know, we've, while, while, you know, maybe our attention and enthusiasm has waned to really get out there and support local, we need to get that back because we want to get these, we want to keep our, like Kristen mentioned in the beginning, these are what, um, these are placemaking aspects of what really makes our communities unique. And so it's not just about this holiday of helping these business, uh, businesses out to, to give them an extra boost for the holiday. It's still about survival here. So I think now more than ever, this holiday is so relevant, so important. So just please awareness, everybody, please go buy local. You know, you will occasionally hear folks say the idea of like support small businesses almost in the same vein as talking about supporting a charity. And that really is not the kind of 
attitude that we are looking for is, you know, these small businesses, not only do they create that third place, not only do they create jobs at, you know, at three times the rate of bigger businesses, they also contribute to our tax revenue in our cities and our communities. And those taxes that small businesses pay, those sales taxes, those property taxes, that's what paves our roads. That's what keeps our schools open. That's what employs our first responders. And so that's why I talk about really that mutually beneficial relationship between consumers, citizens, Utahns, and the small businesses that are physically in their community. Our cities and towns are set up to make the most out of that relationship. And so when we spend so much money online and we spend money online with Amazon or out-of-state retailers or just big box stores, we're really throwing our money away. And we are really kind of shooting ourselves in our own foot in terms of the quality of life that we want in our communities. Well, Kristen, I appreciate your time. Uh, it's great to learn more, not only about Local First, but Small Business Saturday, and we'll get the word out. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, you have a great day and we'll, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Kristen.
Thanks, Kristen.